everybody and welcome to a new episode of Evie's Korean Drama Podcast Show. My name is Evie, I'm your host, and I am a K-drama obsessive. So this is the show where I waffle on about all of the K-drama that I love. If you'd like to support the show, you can check out my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Evie Korean Drama Podcast. There you will find extra podcast episodes and updates on what I'm watching at the moment. Also, just before I get started, please be warned that I do swear a little bit on this show when I get excited. And when I'm talking about K-drama, I always get excited. Alright, so I thank you very, very much for listening and let's get on with the K-drama show. Welcome to episode 13 of the Lee Evie Korean Drama Podcast Show. I am so excited this week to be talking about the very recent 2019 Netflix K-drama, Love Alarm. So basically, this was one of my absolute most anticipated dramas of 2019. I, it has every element that I just freaking love. So basically it stars Kim So-hyun, who is my absolute favorite actress in the whole world. I think she is just wonderful. So it's got her in it for a start, which means it just makes it a must watch for me straight away. But on top of that, it is a youth romance drama. It's very heavily sort of in all its, I guess, um, you know, early marketing material really pushes this whole love triangle element, which frankly, I adore love triangles. I think I'd be interested to know if there's any K-drama fans who don't like love triangles. I know there's a lot of other people out there who read books who complain if there's too many love triangles and stuff. And I totally get that. It's just a personal taste thing. Um, but you know, it's such a huge element of romantic K-dramas. Like love triangles are, you know, they're they're a staple ingredient, um, particularly in youth dramas and, you know, romance high school romance dramas like this one. So for me, it's a fantastic ingredient. I've got Kim So Hyun. I've got a you know really heavy love triangle element, and it's set in high school, and it's a youth romance coming of age drama. Like for me, that is everything I need in a show, basically. Um. So the the, the sad thing is that I didn't fucking love it. Oh, I really hate that I didn't because I really really wanted to. Sometimes I wonder if. If part of that comes down to, you know, your anticipation is so high and your expectations and hope for a show is just so intense. Um, and, you know, it's easy to be disappointed because something maybe you built it up in your mind how you thought it would be. And it just isn't exactly the way you imagined it. Kind of like, you know, I think everyone's experienced that lead up to, you know, a big event like a party or New Year's Eve or something like that where you build it up to be the best day of your life or the best day of the year or the best party ever or whatever. And then, you know, nothing can kind of, I think, um, stand up to that level of anticipation and hope for something to be perfect. So I had some sort of needly issues with this drama, but unfortunately, 
I think the thing that I didn't like the most was basically the inciting incident that the entire drama is built around, which meant that for me, the foundation of the show was something that I had a major issue with. I think it's just going to be a personal taste thing. Um, and I'm going to talk about in this uh, discussion, basically, I'm going to start off with the stuff I like because there was a lot to like about this drama. And then I'm going to talk about the stuff that I didn't love, which is, um, yeah, a few things that I'll get into uh, when I get there. But um, yeah, it's a real sad thing just because really this had every element that should have made me adore it. And I kind of feel like maybe it was my own kind of build up that, you know, kind of popped the bubble for me a little bit um, and I can see that it's doing quite well there's a lot of commentary about people really loving it and I mean I haven't really seen anyone um, you know online and stuff getting upset about the stuff about it that kind of upset me so I might totally be in the minority here and this might be a very unpopular opinion but you know this is my show and this is where I get to waffle on about the stuff that I feel like waffling on about so I'm not going to hold back and I'm just going to say my opinion um, but you know if you love this show I think that's great I think that's wonderful if you ever find a show that connects with you on you know a wonderful uh, level I think that's such a cool thing um, and I wish it had for me but unfortunately it just didn't it didn't quite hit the spot for me Okay, so stuff that I loved about the drama Love Alarm. Uh, I really, really liked the way everyone was always like, do you want to ring my love alarm? I <laughs> I found it very, very funny. I think, unfortunately, you know, I, th there's a lot of innuendo there. So it did kind of sound a bit weird to me, but I kind of loved it. I thought it was kind of cute and it was kind of funny. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> that wasn't really on my list of stuff that I liked. I thought I should just mention it. The thing that I liked the most about this show, I think will be no surprise to anyone who has listened to me talk at all um, over the course of this show, but Kim Sohyun is wonderful in this. She is beautiful. She's charismatic. Um, I think she, she just draws the eye and she's great in this. Really, really great. I think, you know, you all expected me to say that anyway. <laughs> um, what is good about this show for me was her character, Kim Jojo, I really liked. Um, she's a very young woman um, who has a very sad and awful background. And I think it has... It's made her very closed off, I think, uh, which was interesting. So I guess in some ways she's sort of a typical candy type who, you know, works her butt off to kind of try and follow her dreams and really is comes from a place of great hardship. But I think unlike, you know, some of those candy types, she's not all sunshine and smiles. Uh, she has a lot of depth to her and I think she does find it difficult to um, kind of handle what what she's been given in life and I enjoyed watching her struggle and you know this whole thing felt like a real I don't know if it's a coming of age because obviously there's flash forwards and stuff but um it did feel like a, a big character journey of development and growth for her um and I think a big part of that is her being willing to open up or not. So there's a part in the show where basically um, after having this, you know, real sunshiny romantic romance uh, with one of the main characters, Huang Sano, um, 
Kim Jojo, actually it's cut real weird, right? They're just having this romantic time on Jeju and they get into a weird car accident just randomly. And then the next second, you know, he hasn't seen her for a while. And then the next second after that, she just sort of, she leaves him basically. She just makes a decision that they're not going to be together anymore. And you can tell that she still likes him. And when I was watching the show, I think I kind of struggled with her intentions behind doing that. I couldn't really figure out why she'd made that decision because they had seemed so happy she seemed so like she was opening up to this guy and you know like like she wanted to be with him and then she just did this about turn but later um you know the drama shows her when she's a little bit older and sees her struggling in her life and that was the point where it hit home to me that I kind of could understand it a lot more and I liked it as a decision a lot more and probably a decision that I think as Kim Jojo gets older, she really regrets leaving this guy in high school. I think it's probably one of the biggest regrets of her life. But she has this terrible, terrible childhood where basically her parents have killed themselves in a house and attempted to kill her. Like it is fucking awful. It is so intense. And the trauma of that is I kind of think it comes through in a way in this idea that she can't truly let someone in her heart at the very start of this show Kim Jojo has a boyfriend um, just this kind of nice big doofus of a guy who seems totally fine they seem like they are in a nice relationship she seems happy she has a friend but then um, yeah basically she you know she kisses this other dude which is why it all falls apart but I think the problem with that kind of nice doofus relationship at the start is that Kim Jojo is not opening up. She's not telling the truth about even small things. She's protecting her heart. You know, she doesn't want her friend and her boyfriend to know that she has to work as much as she does, that she has to struggle as much as she does, that she is having as hard a, a hard time as she has. Like she's not being emotionally honest with these people that are supposed to be her closest you know friends and boyfriend and I found that really interesting and so she kind of falls into this relationship with this other guy and I think at first it's really shiny and romantic but I think in the end she faces that exact same problem that she can't be emotionally honest she can't strip herself bare in front of another person And probably because she is quite happy, she's very, very afraid that that is going to get taken away from her. And therefore, she turns her back on him first. Um, So when it happened in the show, when she leaves um, Huang Sano, I I didn't love it. I didn't get it. I felt like it was really abrupt. And I think that was just the way it was edited was really strange. So I couldn't really understand her motivations. But I did understand it a lot more later, particularly when she's a bit older and she starts very tentatively beginning to date the other um, main character in the show, Yi Heyong. um, Who is, you know, this guy who's been basically in love with her since they were teens. And I could see from the way that she very, very slowly, carefully opens herself up to him little by little, but also how closed off she is to him at the beginning when he's first trying to, you know, kind of date her and stuff. Um, I felt like it was a lot clearer what was going on in Kim Jojo's head and why she'd done the things that she'd done and maybe, you know... To protect herself. So I really liked her character. I don't think it came across 
well the whole narrative what was going on with her and what her struggles were exactly um so I think maybe it could have been written a little bit more clearly but I think the elements and you know the general core of her character's struggles were very very interesting and something that I really liked about this drama I thought her character journey was really good Uh, The next thing I guess I'll say about the show that I really, really loved is the way this show looks. It looks good, like really good. It's so, most of it's set in Seoul during autumn and it's, you know, red leaves and orange and, and gold and everything's beautiful. Like Seoul is a very pretty city, but I also think this drama knows how to frame its shots so that everything has this very hazy romantic look to it. It's very beautiful. Um, There's also a scene or a couple of scenes, but one in particular I'm thinking of where all the characters go down to Jeju Island on like a school trip. And there's this beautiful place that all the students go. And I don't know <laughs> if if these trees are like camellia flowers or azalea flowers. I'm not entirely sure what they are, but they're these massive green lush bushes with these bright red extraordinary flowers just dotted all over them like this is such a beautiful place and I think I've seen them a lot like on Pinterest and online and stuff on We Heart It and everything um with you know like those kind of cool couple shots that um you know I guess Instagram celebrities take I don't really know very interesting all that kind of stuff and not what I'm here to talk about but you know I've seen that kind of location a lot and it's very very beautiful so I think the show really uses um, I guess career and souls natural beauty in a really positive way Uh, it really does make this show look good I think every shot is framed very beautifully career looks lovely um, something else that I totally loved about this show was um, it's very addictive nature. <laughs> this is the kind of show that it's very easy to watch. You know, you don't need a break after you watch an episode. You, you're just going to reach for the next episode. So, you know, as much as I complain about having some issues with the story, which I will talk about, um, you know, in my next kind of section of the stuff that I didn't love about it. So as much as I complain about these kind of downsides, I found the show really addictive to watch and really easy to watch and I just wanted more, more, more. So, you know, sometimes I'll watch a show and I'll think, eh, I had problems with this, I didn't like this and therefore, you know, it makes me stop watching. And that didn't happen with this show. So as much as I rant about it, I clearly did like it enough to easily finish the whole thing and you know, frankly, want more. Like, I'm really hopeful that there's a second season to this. So I think that that is definitely to the show's credit. There's no way I even contemplated not finishing the show. Uh, What else did I love about this? Okay, something that I found extremely interesting about this show's setup was the concept of Love Alarm itself. It's fascinating. Obviously, this show is based on a webtoon. So, um, you know, this is a different writer has had this idea and written a huge um, webtoon or webcomic or whatever based on this idea. Um, So it's kind of like, I guess, taking the idea of those dating apps where you say whether you like someone or not and turning it into this really extreme version where you download an app on your phone and if someone who also has that same app on their phone comes within 10 meters of you in a round kind of circle circumference thing um, your phone will ping if they 
like you. Now, I find it really interesting because I think probably there is a little bit lost in translation with the subtitles here in that the show is like if someone loves you, but then at other times they're like if they like you or if they're sexually attracted to you, they find you attractive. And I mean, those things are all very, very different things. And I think sometimes... um, you know, I think maybe the use of love and like in K-dramas can be a little bit more subtle um, and I think sometimes aren't really translated correctly in the sub sometime. You know, like I remember watching Dream High and there's a point where I'm pretty sure Song Sam Dong says something like really intense to Hemi, um, you know, the two main characters in Dream High, something about him loving her. And I was like, whoa, like that's a big moment in this show. And then later on when I knew enough Korean and you know I don't know much but just a little bit enough to hear certain things I realized that he didn't say I love you he didn't say uh, like saranghada he said chuahada so he liked her and the subtitle people had decided to say love instead of like and I feel like that's you know that's a really big difference but maybe I mean, I don't know. I don't probably have the cultural understanding to know if there was different. I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like if there's intentions behind it or not. So I would have really loved to have had it clarified exactly what love alarm, I guess. I didn't get the impression that even though everyone says it's if someone loves you, someone loves you. I, you know, the other thing is, you know, in English, we're saying the show is called love alarm, but I can even see in the show that they're calling it chua alarm which is like, like alarm, but obviously, you know, that doesn't translate nicely. So my impression from my very, very shitty limited Korean is that love alarm is actually a like alarm and like probably does mean not like as in I know you really well and I like your personality and your soul. It probably has a little bit more to do with I find you very attractive. Like, you know, I don't know you well, but I find you very attractive and I'm going to ring your like alarm of your love alarm so I mean that's my impression and I think it would have been interesting to have that um maybe qualified a little bit more but it doesn't really matter um anyway I feel like I went on a side rant there the actual thing that I was saying that I really liked was love alarm itself so love alarm lets someone lets everyone know if you like them or not and obviously you can imagine how popular an app like that would be everyone would have downloaded it within two seconds like everyone would be so interested I really didn't care about the science behind it whether that's possible or not um I don't care I less I like the concept of it and the thing that I liked that the show I think barely touched on and I really really wish it had touched on it a lot more and in greater detail because I thought this was something very fascinating was the impact that something like Love Alarm would have on society. Love Alarm would be enormous. It would change the world and it did touch on these things. They talked about how Love Alarm has become like people can't tell if they like each other without using it anymore. And I was like, that sounds realistic. Yeah, we, we, you know, we all use technology as a crutch straight away all the time. So that was fascinating. I think um, the world would change so rapidly with the introduction of technology like this. Um, and also the idea of a badge club. So suddenly the world's biggest celebrities are those who get the most you know, ring their love alarm the most um, from general public. Like, how fascinating is that? How it would change the landscape of everything. And of course, you can see the downsides of that. People who have never had their love alarm 
wrong. <laughs> um, and, you know, love alarm, it isn't about personality. I mean, I'm sure in some ways it is about personality and stuff, but you would get a lot of casual love alarm ringing, you know, when someone thinks someone else is hot, basically. So there would be people out there that might not ever get their love alarm, a love, blah, blah, love alarm wrong. That's really hard to say really fast, tongue twister. Um, who, you know, that would have a huge impact on your life. And suddenly your value is measured by how many people are going to ring your love alarm. How fascinating is that? So we see in the show, it touches on it a little bit. Mass suicides by groups that have come together because you know, they've, they've never had that experience. Um, huge roadside um, protests against Love Alarm. So, I mean, fascinating stuff. I think I loved all those elements of the show, but I have to say one thing I didn't love was that I feel like they were barely touched on. And I do like the idea of them just being this backdrop to the main story but also it's such a fascinating backdrop that I could have really done with delving a little bit deeper into those things of course the webtoon is ongoing um, or actually I think it's finished now I'm not actually sure but obviously um, you know this show only covers such a small part of the webtoon story um, which was something that I didn't love because I I'm used to K-dramas finishing you know I'm not used to multi um, season formats in K-dramas so it, it feels very unsatisfying to watch a K-drama and have it finish and know they haven't even filmed season two and you have no idea when you'll even get to see an ending to a story that you've invested time into. Um, I know it's like that with, you know, um, American shows all the time, but, you know, I'm used to it with American shows and I'm not used to it with K-dramas. I'm used to getting instant gratification from my stories. So I found that very frustrating that um, narratively it feels very just cut off you know it doesn't feel like a full arc it just feels like it ends um so that's me leaking into the stuff that I didn't love uh, which I'm going to talk about next Okay, so now onto the stuff that I didn't love about Love Alarm. Uh, the very first thing on my list is that it didn't finish, which I already touched on um, just before. You know, obviously that's not the show's fault. That's just, um, you know, it's, it's a long form narrative that has been told in only a few episodes. And um, I'm pretty sure I read online that they are green lighting it for season two. I hope, I hope, because I feel, um, you know, without without getting that extra story, then seems a bit pointless because we don't know where it's going I suppose you know as, as every story would if it doesn't get finished um so basically I guess there's a couple of things that I had an issue with in this show that I think really impacted my enjoyment of it um I don't know if there's any one more than the others so I guess I'm just going to talk about all of them I think there's three things so the number one thing that I had a major major problem with because I feel like the entire romance is built upon it and therefore I couldn't find the romance romantic um, and I think this might be a very unpopular opinion and other people might not see the story this way which of course is totally fine but for myself the inciting incident of the story um, was something I hated. So basically, Kim Jojo is at school. Uh, she has a boyfriend, which I might also point out. I found the whole thing about 
why she, you know, the show shows that she has a boyfriend at the start and I kind of feel like she probably shouldn't have. I guess that was just being true to the webcomic because obviously she does. But he just sort of disappears after a first couple episodes, even though they've given him enough time and they've given him some struggles with other characters. And I don't know, maybe he's going to come back into it in season two, but he just sort of drops off and it made me wonder why we invested so much time into it at the start. Um, And I could see the only sort of reason for her to have a boyfriend at the start was to show that she struggles opening up to people, but they could have done that um, using her best friend who she has a falling out with instead. Um, And then I thought the only other reason for her to have a boyfriend is because of the cheating thing, to kind of show how disconnected she is from other people that she falls into this situation where she kisses Huang Sano even though she has a boyfriend. And I guess that is quite interesting and it is kind of territory that, you know, probably isn't explored much in K-dramas because probably particularly with their, you know, very young, beautiful women, they want to keep them very likable and pristine and, you know, cheating is pretty dirty. It's not that great. Um, so that you know, as much as I kind of complained story-wise about why something was given so much focus, a character was given so much focus who then just drops off, um, I didn't mind it because it was interesting. But the thing that I didn't like, so basically there's a love triangle here. Um, we've got two boys. Um, one is definitely kind of feels like more of the main character or the main male lead, which is Huang Sano. He's played by an actor called Song Kang. I don't know, um, I had a look at his, you know, kind of other stuff he's been in. I've never seen him before. I haven't really, you know, known much about him. Um, so I thought he was fine. Um, and then the other guy in this uh, who sort of plays, for most of the drama, the third wheel, um, Yi He Young, who's played by an actor called Jung Garam. Uh, again, oh, I super recognize this dude's face, but I had a look at the stuff he's been in and I can't think of anything I would have seen him in, so I'm not really sure. Anyway, I thought both these young guys were good. I was totally happy with them. Um, my problem was that we see at the start of the show that Kim Jo Jo, who has a boyfriend, is being watched romantically by this boy from school who also works in the same restaurant as her. His name is Yi Young. And he is very, very clearly enamored by her and, you know, in in love with her or adoration of her, but also is so shy he cannot go near her. Like, he cannot speak to her. Um, he can only really watch her from afar. And I felt, um, I don't know, I, I liked it a lot. Like, I felt a lot of my heart heartstrings getting tugged at that idea. I think particularly when you're young, if you're someone who is quite shy, um, you know, it's not very easy to talk to somebody that you, you know, adore. It's really, really difficult. So I, that really kind of hit me a lot. I was quite shy when I was younger and I still struggle with it a bit, but nothing like it used to be when I was a teen. Um, so I think that did hit me a lot. And I also found the idea that Lee Young is maybe content to watch her from afar. Not, and you know what? Not in a creepy way. <laughs> it sounds really creepy, but I didn't get like creepy stalker vibes off him at all. Um, because she does have a boyfriend, you know, so he's not going in there hard. He's not trying to, um, steal her away from this other dude or anything. And I kind of, I kind of respected that, you know, he's almost just content to do his own thing and like someone because he likes them and that's it. And I kind of liked that. It kind of made me like Lee Young as a character. 
Um, so we see this and then we see that he is the son of a maid who lives in this really big richy rich house and we kind of see that he has you know this really intense childhood friendship with this boy called Sano who is you know he's the rich son who has everything he could ever want and is super good looking like he looks like a freaking idol or um, a model or whatever and he swans back in from overseas he's been studying or whatever and he goes to find Heyong, who's his you know bestest bud in the whole world uh, and we do get a lot of sort of fleshing out of their relationship throughout the drama that these two boys um, love each other very much and rely on each other very much but you also get the impression that Sano is very definitely the poor little rich kid and Heyong, who is actually a poor guy who doesn't have much but does have his mother's love which is you know the one thing that Sano can never have is parental love of course um that Heyong has spent a lot of time looking after rich and poor Sano uh, you know rich little little rich guy Sano sorry I'm not explaining that very well um and Heyong has I think conceded a lot of things to Sano um let Sano have his way because he feels sorry that Sano doesn't have family love in the way that he does he recognizes that even though Sano has this really privileged upbringing he is lacking in something that Heyong has which I think paints Heyong in a really good positive light he's very mature like he's very insightful to see that whilst I feel like Sano doesn't come across as quite as mature um he's not very thoughtful and when he comes back from overseas the first thing he kind of sees is that his best friend since childhood Heyoung has a major crush on this very beautiful girl from school Kim Jojo and Sano sees her and feels an immediate I don't know if it's a connection or whatever but one of those slow-mo like oh their eyes meet on the bus kind of a thing and Sano totally knows that Heyoung likes her and he goes up to Heyoung and he's like, hey, do you like that girl? And of course, Heyoung is shy and self-protective and embarrassed and she has a boyfriend and he says no. And Sano knows that Heyoung is lying. Sano absolutely 100% knows that Heyoung likes someone. And what does Sano do? He hits on her. He hits on her so massively and intensely and follows her around and pulls her into an alley and I feel he kisses her. He just totally kisses her. And yes, Kim Jojo kisses him back. But I felt really weird about about it. I felt really, really weird that Sano did that to Heyong. Like these two boys are meant to be best friends they're meant to be brothers from another mother like they're meant to have a very intensely close loving friendship and what Sano did to Heyong seems particularly cruel to me like really really cruel and I really really I don't mind that like I don't mind it as a plot point that Sano did that and I'm sure there's you know, there's reasons to get unpacked and explored behind that decision that he basically fucked over his best friend f to get this girl. And he only really wanted her, I got the impression, because Heyoung wanted her. Because at this point, he doesn't even know Kim Jojo. Yes, he gets to know her. Yes, I think he falls in love with her. And they have a very strong connection. But at this point, he just thinks she's very beautiful. And he thinks that his best friend likes her. And he, what? 
wants her because his best friend likes her it it just seems really really cruel and like I said I don't mind that he did something really cruel the long as we then explore it the long as the drama then unpacks why he did what he did and has people react to what he did um and the thing that I just fucking hated was that Hayong doesn't do anything he just you can tell he's super super upset he's super super hurt he's absolutely heartbroken but he just concedes to Sunro and you get the impression that he's done this over and over if there's something he wants he gives it to Sunro because Sunro is the poor little rich kid who has no love and Heyong feels like he was born to I guess love Sano and and give him what Sano can't get anywhere else which is you know actual true affection from another human being and I get that Sano has had a hard time and you know he's grown up in this really kind of cold cruel life and that's not fair but I think what he does to his only friend in the world just is I just keep coming back to the word cruel it's so cruel and I hated I mean, I understood that Hayong just stood aside and was like, oh, well, I'll just stand back, like, if, if that's what you want. But then it never kind of gets explored, which, again, it's okay. I get Hayong's made that decision to just step back. But then later on, after everything's gone to shit and Sano and Kim Jojo have broken up because she's had, you know, an absolute freak out and basically run off on him, um... Hyeyeong starts very tentatively approaching Kim Jojo and he takes her out and I think they have this really quite lovely beginnings of a romance that's very very quiet and careful and I really like Hyeyeong's whole approach to being so careful but I really really hated that Sano absolutely goes off at Hyeyeong for doing this he's like how fucking dare you approach this girl and start getting with her you know what you know she did to me by breaking up with me she broke my heart and like yeah that's all true and I think that's all you know that's a completely valid reaction to have if your best friend is now approaching your ex-girlfriend who broke your heart like totally that's a no-go area for normal friendships but these two boys do not have a normal friendship like what Sunu did originally to Hayong by you know going up and kissing Kim Jojo was so completely horrible that I don't know how he even has the goal to then attack Hayong for not even doing the same in the future um but you know doing something sort of a little bit similar um in a much nicer way because he just seems like a nicer dude <laughs> but yeah I just I found it really really difficult um because of this beginning to their relationship that was never talked about or resolved to ever really feel connected or feel romantic I suppose about Kim Jojo's relationship with Sano um, and I felt really sad about that because this is definitely a show that is heavily built on romance and you know a, a romance show should feel romantic and I think it's just a personal thing but I couldn't find it romantic because I felt like it was built on really odd, strange foundations. I didn't understand why Sano did what he did. And the fact that he goes after her so intensely, I didn't feel like it was 
particularly because he liked her, I felt like it was because Hyeyoung liked her. And yes, I think Sunu does develop feelings for Kim Jojo, obviously, very quickly and very strongly, and that's great. But that foundation of why he did what he did and went after her when he didn't even like her, he just thought she's probably really hot at the start, I didn't find that very romantic. And on Kim Jojo's side, um, I totally get why she kisses Sano and why she falls into this relationship with him, I think. But <laughs> I also didn't find it romantic on her side because I felt like she was in such a low, vulnerable place where, you know, she can't be honest with the people around her and it's kind of this douchey, cocky guy coming up to her and he just happens to push through her boundaries and she just happens to share a little bit of herself with him and there's even a scene when they're standing in the alley together and she says this really deep stuff you know about her problems in her life and then she's like did you even listen to what I said and Sano's like nah I was just thinking of kissing you or something or like nah I didn't listen to a word and I'm like oh my god what a dude <laughs> he's such a fucker um and then she kisses him anyway again because I think she's just so low and I think any boy who turned up and just listened to her right then could have wormed his way into her heart so I felt like their relationship just starts in such an odd place with Sano basically being a complete fuckhead to his best friend and Kim Jojo just being super vulnerable that if Heyong or anyone else had approached her and listened to her speak for two seconds, I think she would have fallen in love with them because she's so lonely and sad. So uh, I felt funny about the whole thing. Yeah, just really weird about it. Um, so that was something I didn't like. The literal foundation of their romantic relationship that I'm supposed to be swooning over, I couldn't feel it because I didn't like it. Um, again, it's probably just a personal thing, but there you go. The other thing I didn't like, so the number two thing I didn't really like was kind of the love triangle because, again, I think this is an expectations versus reality thing. Um, this show is very heavily billed as a love triangle in all its marketing and posters and everything. Um, and yet for three quarters of the entire show, Kim Jojo does not really know that Heyong exists. So yes, I feel sad for him when he walks, you know, around the corner at school and sees Kim Jojo and Sano in a relationship and making out or just having a nice time together and he gets his heart broken. But it's, that's not a love triangle, that's an unrequited love from afar. Like, Kim jo Jojo doesn't know that he exists. I guess the whole thing about it is this is a long-form narrative and this show only shows the very, very beginning of it. Um, so I, I understand it's going to develop into an intense love triangle at some point and Kim Jojo will be you know torn between her affection between the two boys blah 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 um as she should be in a love triangle but you know for for this show for three quarters of it it wasn't a love triangle it was literally just Kim Jojo and Hwang Sano having a relationship and like Heyong just like skulking around in the dark on the, around the corners and like watching them and feeling sad about it. So it was a really weird vibe for me. But again, that's because I expected a love triangle and I was excited for it. And then it, that's not really the vibe that it gave. But again, you know, that's that's my fault because of what I thought the show was going to be. 
Um, so the very last thing that I'll say that I didn't really like or that I guess I had a few issues with about this show was the Love Alarm app. So not the concept of it. I loved the idea of it. I loved everything about the Love Alarm app itself. Um, but I also feel that very weirdly, and I'm sure the whole webtoon, like again, when the story's told in full, I'm sure this will be different. And I can only base my opinion now on, you know, the episodes that I've seen. But if you really, really think hard about this main story of Kim Jojo getting with Sano and then breaking up with Sano and then sort of meeting Hyeong again and feeling, you know, a bit funny about what's going on, every single thing like major plot point that happens in this show could have happened the exact same way if Love Alarm hadn't existed and hadn't been part of this show. So I felt like I wanted the Love Alarm app to be more integral to the plot and impact the plot more, like a lot more than what it does. Like you could argue that Kim Jojo has this like app blocker that, you know, she's been given that will hide hide it if she ever likes someone it won't show up on their love alarm if she likes them and that's what she uses to break up with Sano but you know if the love alarm app hadn't existed in the show she could have just broken up with Sano and told him she didn't like him and that still would have worked so I guess I just I felt like I wanted the app to just be woven much more closely with into the whole narrative and have more impact and cause an effect on the decisions that people made and the things that people did instead of just almost just popping up every now and then but I, I just feel like the exact same story could have been told without using the app at all and yet the app is the most one of the most interesting things about the show so I felt like it was almost underused and it is used a lot I, I don't even know how to explain what I'm trying to say it is all the way through the show but when you really really think about the plot everything could have happened with just very slight tweaking if if there hadn't been a love alarm at all it could have just been a relationship drama show with a love triangle and you know tangled teen feelings and I'd be happy with that but I, I, if you're going to have a show called Love Alarm and it's going to have this really cool concept of a Love Alarm app and I just wanted to see more impact on the characters of, of actually using the app and I guess I wanted yeah I wanted to impact the story more I don't know if I explained that very well but yeah that's that's kind of how I felt about that um, so I guess, uh, I guess this is, you know, that's pretty much it from me on this show. And I'm just going to finish again by saying my overall feelings were that it was addictive and I totally enjoyed watching it. And I definitely hope there's a season two. I want to find out what happens. I want to find out which boy she picks. I wish I could have connected more to the romance and felt more swoony and moved by it. Um, but I was just so like disturbed by Sano being such a prick in the beginning to Hayong that I could never really warm to him as a character even when he was nice later on you know it just didn't work for me so I found myself most interested by Kim Jojo by what she was doing and what she was facing and what, where she's going in her life 
and by the app itself, which I found very fascinating. So I would definitely, definitely tune into season two, even though I had some issues with this with this season for sure. Um, I still really enjoyed watching it and I definitely <laughs> want to watch more. And I hope that if you really loved it, um, you can just take, you know, I guess my discussion on it with a grain of salt. I think everyone has very, very different reactions to shows. And actually, I think that's kind of cool. It's really interesting to hear about other people's opinions. So if you do have a different opinion to me um, I'd love to hear about it you can hop onto my website and you know leave a comment under the podcast section or whatever I'd be really interested to hear your take on this um, and my website is www.leevy.com